This week on the World Triathlon Podcast, I'm delighted to welcome Taylor Nibb. Taylor was a USA Junior National Champion in 2015 and Junior World Champion a year later. And in 2017, she became the youngest athlete to podium in the World Series, taking silver at WTS Edmonton, as well as another Junior World title that year. In 2018, it was time to add under 23 world champion to the list of achievements. And earlier this month, she was confirmed on the US national team to compete at the highest level in 2021. So Taylor, welcome. Thank you for having me. That felt like a longer than usual intro, quite a lot to uh, get through in, a, in actually only about four years there. <laughs> yes, but it still feels like a while ago. Yeah, well, I'm sure. I mean, everything feels like a while ago after the last 12 months, right? Uh, so yes, just let us know where you are at the moment. Um, I just moved out to Boulder and I'm now training with Ian O'Brien's training group, mm -hmm. which has some international athletes and a fair amount of other American athletes. And I'm very much enjoying it. It's different from, I had been in school. I graduated last May, 2020. And so previous to that, I was in school and it was just a very different environment. So I'm really enjoying the change and it's training's going well. Yeah, nice to just uh, forget the studies and concentrate solely on triathlon, I'd imagine. Yes, um, it is a transition though. And Ian may or may not have last week brought up, he's like, have you considered going back to school? Do you want to take more classes? So why <laughs> are you sort of <laughs> having something else, but I'm also learning how to manage not having as much. Right. Is that because you're asking too many questions and things? Are you? I don't think so, but we'll see <laughs> well what's he getting at there what's what 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 are you needing to what part are you at the end of training are you still kind of staying out trying to get some extra miles in then and stuff like that or oh not at all I think just having another area to like put my energy into I see so there's some some surplus energy kicking around that's a polite way of saying yes I guess so all right <laughs> so uh but previously, where, where were you at school? Where were you at college? I went to, well, university, I guess, for most of the listeners in at Cornell University, which is in Ithaca, New York. Right. It's about a four hour drive from the city. So people think New York, they think New York City sometimes. This is upstate New York. Okay. So very different, more rural, and it was a great experience. What, what were you studying? I was a psychology major, but... Um, I was in the School of Arts and Sciences, so that was only really a third of my credits. And then you have to take a whole, it's a liberal arts education. So a little bit of everything, but not really anything super concrete. Right. And the, your sort of triathlon training through that then was all university facilities and, and so on, was it? Or how did that fit in? Yes, I mean, freshman year, I was biking in my dorm room. So I guess that's university facilities. But um, <laughs> I had a triathlon coach all the way through college, and then um, like separate. But then I was on the run team for all four years. And then I joined the swim team for my last two, and I got to compete my final year. So it was a mix of everything in each season, each semester looked very different from the previous one. Like in the fall, I could get away with a lot less training, um, and kind of just maintain off of the aerobic base from the summer. But in the spring, I had to ramp stuff up. So it was just, it was different. I my coach, I guess, experimented a lot. And mm. we kind of figured out what worked. We learned a lot what didn't work, um, which is helpful. <laughs> Did you bring a long list with you to Ian then and say, look, I'm not doing any of this. I've tried all of this and it's not worked. <laughs> no, 
because I think I'm a different athlete now. I'm a different person now. And I don't want to go to a coach and say like, okay, this is what we're not doing. Um, right. True. I prefer to have a conversation. And if he were to say something that didn't work, I'd ask him, okay, why are we doing this? And if he has a legitimate reason, like I respect that and I'm willing to give it a go. I think that's like what I learned with the training. Some of the things really like, I was a little bit against some of the things we were doing and those ended up being the better training options. Um, like the fall of my junior year, my coach said like, we're gonna take out your long run and take out a tempo run. And so I was just doing like one run workout a week and I improved a lot. So I can't complain. Okay. So uh, yeah, quite an unconventional few formative years for you, would you say, in terms of training? Yes, I guess so. Um, it was it, it was just with the demands I had. I couldn't, I, I had so much schoolwork and so much stuff outside of training that I couldn't, I didn't have as much energy for training. So it just, we were working within the constraints that we had. Yeah. It obviously worked though. I mean... <laughs> Well, um, <laughs> like Bermuda 2018, probably it didn't work. Right. Um, so there are, there, like, there were some very good races, but there were also some very not good races. Um, so I felt like I got a huge variety over those hmm. few years. But at the end of the day, I'm hoping it's just a ton of experience. I learned a lot and hopefully it'll just help me in the future. So did you say two months ago you moved to Colorado? Yes. And how long had that been the, the plan for? Like, when did that sort of slot in and, and you and Ian had had those conversations and he was like, come and join us? Was it, should it have been earlier last year? Were it not for the pandemic or? Well, I only started working with Ian um, end of October right. this year. So um, it was all fairly recent, mm -hmm. but I've, I had been to Boulder before. And so just like for summers and I really liked the area. So I was excited to have a group in the United States with the home base that wasn't traveling so much. Yeah, but also that has an interesting, like you said, like an interesting mix of people and, and nationalities and presumably therefore personalities as well, right? Who who are some of the people you're alongside now on the on the track and roads? So the like the three other Americans on the national team are Kirsten Casper, Matt McElroy, and Eli Hemming. Mm -hmm. And then um, um, Sandra Doday, Ron Sagiv, um, Etta from Iceland. Oh, yeah. And then there's also, we have a few 70.3 athletes in the group too, which I'm really enjoying. Um, so one is Jeannie Metzler from South Africa, and she has never done the ITU racing. And so she comes with like, so much endurance that that's something that had always been my strength. Like whenever I was training with any other people, like I knew, okay, I might be not be able to sprint them, but I can outlast them. Mm -hmm. And this is not, <laughs> I'm training with someone who has very big strengths. Oh yeah. So it's the idea there that everyone brings like, you know, the best parts of that racing to the table then. And, you know, so if you're riding with them, then that inevitably they have, you have to kind of reach that level as well. Does it, does it work like that? Yes, I think like that's that's the idea. I think it's nothing new about squads or like groups of training, um, but also our training is quite individualized. And so we all showed up for a ride on Sunday and everyone had a little bit different intervals. And so like learning to make that work and like, okay, who wants to go with whom and how can we make that work? So that's also like really helpful because 
if it was, if I was just trying to like overreach and just stay with certain people in certain disciplines, that might not be healthy because I might be overtraining a bit. Mm. Um, maybe not with the extra energy, but I might be overtraining a bit. So it's like, it's a healthy balance. And how can you do what you need to do without doing more, um, but also get through what you need to do, which get through isn't the right term, but do what you need to do to the best of your ability, but nothing more. Gotcha. Uh, and obviously you presumably knew Kirsten very well before and, uh, and Eli and, and Matt. So it's been well I didn't I didn't because I'd only really for the United States um I'd seen them at races but they're at races like I'd roomed with Kirsten before um but there's just there's always a lot going on and you're a little guarded so like in a training environment when races are I think Yokohama's a little over six weeks away um it's just a little different and you get to see people every day it's fun yeah yeah do you all I mean is it a situation that you know I might imagine Colorado Boulder Colorado is obviously full of elite sports people so are you kind of almost living with each other as well or is it not really like that it's not like blocks of apartments I don't know like university living or anything like no, that. no Ian um like I asked him going into it and he said he'd prefer that if we didn't live together just so then we can turn off we can have like we can be done for the day and just move on. Um, and that's possible when you're living with other triathletes or the people that you're training with, but it's just a little easier. The group also has a lot of people who are either engaged or married. So that's, it's a, I feel like I'm just, I'm the young person joining the group. So I'm very much at a different stage of life. Okay, nice, yeah. So how do you switch off after training and so on? Like what's your kind of, or, or do you, is that the problem you don't? <laughs> Well, I'm learning how to, um, it's, it's a range of things that, and that was the thing. I'm really comfortable, like reading something like journal articles or like nonfiction. I'm like, I really enjoy that. Um, so the books that I'm reading, I might not recommend to other people. I'm still learning how to sit with a good fiction book and like enjoy it. So I've been told it takes about a year. Um, so I'm working on that. Um, and then I, I'll watch TV. I'll, the nice thing is that some, like, some of my friends are still in school or like they finish and Zoom is still very appropriate. So, or FaceTime. And so I feel like I can keep in touch with a lot more people thanks to the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Not really thanks though, so. Yeah, gotcha. So, uh, sorry, did you say you are embarking on your first fiction book at the moment, did you say? Not my first fiction book. I've gotten through them, um, but it's not like fun. I have to kind of force myself to focus. Um, it uses, a, apparently it uses a different part of your mind than if you're reading nonfiction. So I haven't really used that part of my mind in four plus years. So I'm rewiring it. Yeah. Well, make sure it's a good one then. If it's the first one in four plus years, you don't want one that you're like on the fence about. No, I've I read some already, but it just, yeah, it takes a while. <laughs> um, music, does that like play a part in your sort of routine or not so much? Music. Well, when I train, we've been riding a lot on the trainer um, and I enjoy having music, but it's, I think I listened to more music when I was in school because I would actually study with music. You're probably not supposed to do that, right. but I did. Yeah. So it worked, but now I feel like I'm not, I don't have like earbuds in the whole day. I'm very much 
you if someone tried to text me or call me they might not get a response for a few hours so i feel like i'm just i don't know where my phone is half the day gotcha yeah no it was just we um so earlier on in the podcast we speak to justus nischlag and uh played him the sort of intro music options for the german mixed relay team obviously this was a bit of a thing that should have started last year where uh yeah there's certain sort of music for each each team like just a snippet of a song that represents that country so i just thought you know it could be a good little exercise to play you what was planned for the usa team or what will be played for the usa team and also maybe a couple of others that you could try and guess the guess the country are you up for that maybe i will probably not be the best at this all right well i mean to be honest it's it's a bit of a the USA one is, I'll, I'll, is has been chosen. This isn't in, in any doubt. So it's but good to get your reaction. All right. So let's just try that here. So you're lining up. Mixed Relay World Champs, Hamburg. You're with your boys. Here you go. I mean, <laughs> good, right? That's going to get Is you. that Beyonce and Jay-Z? Crazy in love? I think that no you don't look convinced actually well i don't know i feel like it would be the other three teammates who would have a preference um <laughs> that might be i want to say didn't that song come out in like that's an older not an older song but like relatively for me yeah it's probably older so yeah but right, <laughs> so i might not be the best judge of that true again yes they might not have asked the right person to pick these songs given that there might be about 20 years age difference here but um yeah. <laughs> well, and you'll also educate some of the younger athletes. That's the important part. I just, you know, it's just as long as it puts the hairs on the back of your neck or whatever, then that's half the battle, isn't it? Surely. I think our high performance director would like that song. Okay. So right. that's all that counts. And listening through these tinny speakers, you're not going to get the same impact as like a full PA on a on down, going down a blue carpet. All right. Now this one, this is going to test you a little bit probably, but see if you can guess the country and you know this isn't perhaps fair but i'm gonna do it anyway ready bear with it a moment because i know that just sounds a bit noisy but I have no idea. No. Has it a guess? No. That... Well, I don't want to offend anyone. <laughs> How could you offend anyone? It's a great song, I think. It's got a certain... Uh, it's, it's... Well, I feel like there's there's a... There are some countries that it wouldn't be because they don't they maybe not don't have a mixed relay. So, like, my options are limited, but that's... I'm not sure. Yeah. Well, that's Poland. That, that will be the Polish... Um... Oh, I would not have guessed that. <laughs> I'm going to do one more just because, uh, so see if you get this, this one. Okay. This may be more. No tricky one, actually. Picture yourself, I don't know, somewhere in Europe, maybe on a. <laughs> Is it Italy? Because I thought you were going to say picture yourself on a boat, but... Well, I was, but I, it, that might have been misleading as well. Uh, just a guess? No. I'm going to guess. 
Is it Spain? No. It's a bit, a bit relaxed. For, if you think it's Belgium, it's Belgians. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Have to run that one by uh, Claire and the, uh, yeah. I, I'm not actually listening to that back. I'm not sure they're going to be too impressed with that. <laughs> Doesn't sound like it's going to get the heart pumping. Um, well, if you're the third leg, you might appreciate it not rising that much for another 40 minutes. Oh, that's true. Yeah, you have to think about all the, yeah. All the legs. Yes, quite. What would be, would you prefer to be one or three in your, you know, ideally? What were you in Lausanne? Third. Third. I enjoy that because the race is broken up a little bit. Um, and then you can just like ride. It's not, you're not coming out of the water with a ton of people necessarily. Yeah. Um, but what I think would be neat for the mixed relay is if there was just no order. So it's just two men, two women, wherever you please. Ooh. And then that would be more strategic. Um, like it would just kind of be fun to see what people choose. Um, but that's probably not going to happen because it's probably not allowed. But <laughs> there's ever a race. Yeah, I can sort of feel the uh, technical commission kind of bristling at that idea is there's yeah men women side by side but I like yeah I think you know that tactical thing would be quite could be quite exciting well I think it would end up being men first and last for like for the swim especially to get position and then the women would be in the middle um but it would be fun to have just the men first and third and the women second and fourth in some race but if if it means that the relay is more popular I the order is fine the way it is <laughs> uh and Lausanne was obviously a good that was bronze right in the under 23 and junior mixed relay I mean that was a strong who was it you Tamara Seth Ryder and I've got it written here Smith. Smith yeah so yes it was a really strong team but we were up against really strong teams I mean New Zealand and Great Britain they were <laughs> yeah incredible but given you know the sort of depth of set up you know as, as it is already and has been for a few years then to know that that's coming through must be must be exciting as well that you know you guys are going to be the next generation lining up for usa yes hopefully but like you never know who's coming up that's always the thing in america in the united states um and the other aspect is the fact that a lot of people like from other countries for new zealand from New Zealand, for example, they're getting so many experiences to race. So on one hand, yes, the United States has debt, but I haven't, I raced the relay twice last year, once in Edmonton and once in Lausanne. But if I, it, the New Zealanders, they got to race like every single time and same with some other countries. And so just gaining that experience, that's kind of, I feel like I'm going to miss out on that a little bit, but you can, it's, it's probably in some respects and not in others. Yeah. And in um, Gold Coast, that was where you won the under 23, right? Yes. But you didn't race the mixed relay. Was that because of the exertions of winning the under 23 or? No, that was because I was on a plane going back to school. I had already missed five days, so I couldn't, um, the relay was on Sunday and I had to fly back all of Sunday. So in order to get to Monday classes, um, if I had missed my Monday classes, I could have raced the relay, but that wasn't, my professors were gracious enough to let me miss five days. So that was, that was a limitation. Wow. Well, I mean, that, that puts that gold into even more perspective then. I mean, that's incredible. 
yeah, I remember I finished the race, like, and I got through everything, but then the afternoon I had to finish an essay. Um, and then on the way home, I was doing schoolwork the entire flight from like all three flights back, but the flight from Brisbane to LA, my, the person next to me had slept and he's like, wait, were you working that whole time? I'm like, yeah, sorry. And then on the Monday, did you just sort of slot into the lecture as per normal kind of? Yeah world champion actually now but we won't talk about that that's fine oh no not <laughs> yeah well <laughs> there was no comment no no fanfare no nothing no i don't enjoy no. that that much fair enough um so yeah just sort of go I, you and tamara obviously your first junior national title was when you like tamara had won the year before right and then actually in 2015 you absolutely smashed that course and and then she also was obviously one of the few to have ever won a junior and under 23 world title so but then you were saying you know you don't necessarily you don't know Kirsten that well you know just by virtue of you know traveling to races and so on so I just it, it's interesting that you've kind of leapfrogged each other in a way you and Tamara being very similar age well she's a little older but um was there a sort of little kind of sense of rivalry as you're going through and like you know basically absolutely smashing it at junior and, and under 23 level. Well, so I started racing, um, the, there is a United States like junior and youth elite circuit, um, with draft legal racing. There's actually a mixed team relay. So I did my first team mixed team relay in 2014 or 2013. Right. Yeah. 2013 at these like junior, um, championships, they're like 50 years teams. It's actually, pro it's, it's a big thing. How many teams? Um, 50 yeah wow it's huge and it's awesome um it's a pain for the coaches because it's the day after the race and there are always substitutes right but um it's really fun and so tamara had actually in 2012 she won a medal at the auckland world championships and that was the first time a u.s female had medaled at the junior world championships and then the next year i was this like youth so i wasn't even racing her I just watched her and like, and then like, first of all, she dominated the, like all the races I watched her race. And it's just so fun to watch. And then she won in London. Um, she won her junior world title. And so then like when I'm a junior, it's my first year as a junior. Um, it was like, it was, you were racing your idol um, <laughs> a little bit. And so, but also it kind of, it gave me a little bit more confidence when I saw, oh, I can swim with her. I can bike with her. So then when I went to Junior Worlds for the first time in Edmonton, I was, I was nervous. I was very scared. Um, I was a 16 year old on the start line and it's there. I think there were like two other 16 year olds, um, but it wasn't as scary, even though she couldn't race that year because like just kind of knowing, okay, I could swim with Tamara. I could bike with Tamara. So she definitely raised the bar and I don't think it's a rivalry more as like showing each other what's possible. So the top four in Edmonton, I've just pulled it up here, but uh, Flora Duffy, Taylor Nib, Katie Zafiris, Summer Rappaport. I mean, that's quite a top four. Yes. It, well, well, there's one that doesn't quite belong. <laughs> Number two. <laughs> Maybe yet. Um, but it, so, so the first, actually my first world triathlon series race was in 2016 in Stockholm. Mm -hmm. And that was six or eight weeks out from Rio. So um, my coach had said, like, I want you to do this race. 
because for Junior Worlds, I don't want that to be the scariest start line you're on of the year. That was our primary goal of the year in 2016. I wanted to do very well at that race. And so he said, like, I want you to be kind of scared on the start line and just get demolished in the race. That was the whole aim. Um, kind of just like put you in your place. But then when you're in Cozumel, hopefully, if you're if you're looking at because Florida Duffy won in Stockholm 2016. And so it was like, I think it was Florida Duffy and Andrew Hewitt and Helene Jenkins on the podium. Mm-hmm. When you're on the star line with those kind of women, like when when but then when I went to Cozumel, I was like, okay, this might be a little bit more manageable mentally. Um, but that was I got some criticism for racing that race as an 18-year-old, but it was for a specific purpose. I didn't think it would go well. It was just to get <laughs> kind of put in my place right so so was Edmonton 2017 an example of your kind of unconventional training all coming together then is that like you know were there specific things that you were doing in the lead up to that that actually sort of meant you were a bit more confident and maybe or did you have no idea that that performance was coming out no not at all I think that's kind of what helps because I wasn't really prepared. I was just racing and, um, Flora attacked on the first hill and I just went and that was, that was pretty much the race. Then she attacked on the last hill, like the last loop. And I just like, I remember like, I was just like climbing. Then I saw the gap and I'm like, okay, that's, I'm not catching up to that gap again. Um, but it was, it was very lucky. I don't think I fully realized what it was until probably late, much later. Um, but it was, it was just, I think that's, what helped I didn't I kind of didn't know what everything meant I was just gonna race and that's what it was and to be yeah tucked in behind I mean is Flora one of the kind of people that you would model yourself on do you see her as like you know the sort of I really respect her racing style um I actually I had started trying to break off on the front back in 2014 but she really made it pop like um popular in 2016 um and like I I respect her racing you know she's going to do everything to win um and but the one thing is that she we didn't actually so I was scared I wasn't going to talk but we didn't talk like we were we were the only two people in that like not a group but it was two people she we didn't say a word to each other that freaks me out a little bit I'm a talker (laughs) (laughs) you didn't feel like you wanted to take the first uh you didn't want to sort of broach anything or be the it's flora like (laughs) i'm I'm in awe (laughs) so um no i was i was waiting for her to say something but she didn't so maybe i don't think she was waiting for me to say anything but that's just the way she is (laughs) so you're actually having these thoughts while you're racing of a kind of like should i say something could i is well there's normally some talking on the bike Maybe, maybe there's just more talking in the groups I'm in, um, but there is some sort of talking and communication, but not one word, nothing. So. Wow. Well, you see, maybe you were conserving your energy and that helped you on that final <laughs> climb and that's, that secured the silver. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I kind of knew I was in trouble because we had been trading off like in similar locations and then she took a short pull. And I was too naive to realize, okay, she's taking a short pull. She's going to attack me. But now I know, but that's not really helpful. (laughs) So there is a lot of that, just needing those race experiences in order to have that nous 
and that little advantage, right? Is that is that how you see kind of the next couple of years going and just keeping building those experiences as much as possible and learning, learning all the way? Yeah, I think I I feel like I've built up a fair amount of experience. You'll uh, we'll learn in the next few years if it was enough. Um, and because I feel like I've my biggest issue, I think, is more learning from those experiences. And so I need to like I, I'm working on improving in many areas and I kind of, instead of making the same mistakes over and over and over again for areas that I might not have, like, I want to, I want to improve and then test myself again kind of thing versus just, okay, I came up short on that area again. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll see how it plays out in the long run. But I think the experience, especially at that kind of racing really makes a difference. Yeah. And that toughness, I was thinking also like Andrea Hewitt's, um, you know, Santo Domingo, obviously that that World Cup at the end of the 2019 season. And that was must have been heartbreaking to have to stop in that penalty box so close to the blue carpet and sort of see her go past. But then your post-race interview was very kind of magnanimous and like, you know, if it was to be anyone that and Andrea and she's obviously an incredibly sort of tough competitor. So is that is that? a toughness that you know is it, that you would hope to bring to your racing as well is that an essential part of the armory of success oh definitely um she's an awesome person i have the utmost respect for her and again like if i could lose to anyone she's not a bad person to lose to <laughs> uh, uh, what was what was the penalty for in in santo domingo for that like last... i missed my swim cap with the fin so i've had a good um 16 months to be reminded of not being able to hit the bin with my swim cap. My goggles made it in, but not my swim cap. So that was, <laughs> it is what it is. Um, it was, the run had been shortened. So I was a bit bummed because it should have been a 10K run, but it was only 5K. But I had a 15 second penalty, not a 10 second penalty, but you can't change the past and we're <laughs> moving on. Right. Did you sort of have half an inkling that the cap wasn't there, but you'd already kind of peeled away and were running or was that kind of done and dusted? Oh no, I didn't know that it was for my cap. I actually had thought, um, I thought it had been for going over the center line because there was one part where I had like gone around someone and it was a U-turn section and I'd gone around them. Um, but it was, so I was, I thought it was for something else and for something much worse. <laughs> So since then, like, what what kind of race experience have you been able to have, you know? Yeah, so actually, so Santo Domingo came in the block of a four races in four weekends. Um, so the weekend before, I had raced a cross-country race. And then the weekend after, the two weekends after, I had other cross-country races. So I went from Santo Domingo, where it was um, very hot and humid. And then the next weekend... I think I, I was racing in, it was like 20 degrees Fahrenheit. So it's probably like, I want to say like negative five Celsius um, and like wind chill, wind, all that um, the next weekend. So like within, it was actually, it was actually that Friday and the race is Sunday. So within five days I was racing again in the exact opposite climate. Um, yeah. But so I had gotten a little block in and then I actually, in the beginning of 2020, I joined the swim team. So in January and February, I was able to race some swim races. So after, um, a, in January, it was after like three years and 11 months, I think I dove off the blocks for the first time, like in a swim race, that was very intimidating, but <laughs> it was a good experience and I'm grateful for it. Like 
going into then the lack of racing. Um, but I haven't raced now since the end of February, 2020. So it's been over a year. So ahead of Yokohama, are you going to be able to, are there any other opportunities before then? No, um, uh, Osaka World Cup, I think, was just canceled. So yeah. I won't race before, hopefully we get to race in Yokohama. Um, and I'm excited for that. I suppose it's just a case of being ready when you have to be, is it? And and Yes, and we'll see how it goes. Um, my words mean nothing now. You'll have to talk on May 16th and see how that went. <laughs> <laughs> and, and what is the sort of atmosphere like among among the training camp there and are there are there any people that are you know slightly dreading the return to racing in terms of you know just feeling a bit too rusty or well so some of the training group went down to florida oh, yeah. and they were able to do two races recently um but usat had set like they had sent us a note probably 10 days out saying that it would count for discretionary those two races um but so we just kind of my coach and I looked at it and it was like, what would I have to do for it to be worth it? Um, and it didn't seem like there was anything I could really do to help me. And the trip would probably, we were thinking would have like, a, could have a negative effect going into Yokohama. So just the focus is Yokohama and we'll see how it goes. Yeah. And that'll be, <laughs> May 16th will be the tell all after the race. Cause the race <laughs> And is Yokohama still, one of the big ones as far as US team selection for Tokyo, like, could you book your ticket in Yokohama? Yes, and that's, that would be, um, you, so for the women, you have to be on the podium and the top American who's not already qualified. Yeah. So if Summer wins, then the next person, if she's on the podium, they would be good. But otherwise, the men, it's a little different because I think it's like top eight. It's the US criteria is very complicated yeah. uh, but for the women if you're top three top american you get an automatic slot okay so yeah i suppose and given that nobody really knows where anybody's going to be at on that start line it could be quite an interesting <laughs> interesting situation but i think that there's actually kind of some there's something almost not calming about that but like it's just so out of your control and like no one knowing where anyone is is kind of nice because you have no expectations and it's just kind of it's like a big reset that's what I'd like to think of it as yeah and yes nice to be able to put yourself in the hands of someone who's yeah obviously like absolute experience you can trust and just you you say jump I say how high well he says jump I say why and then we <laughs> move on <laughs> not always not always but if, if I get to jump for any reason, I need to know kind of why the reason behind Gotcha. Well, in that case, uh, yeah, the very best of luck for the next six weeks and hope it all goes uh, to plan. And um, yeah, Yokohama's going to be exciting. Thank you. And I hope I'll see you in person sometime soon. Yeah, definitely. Hopefully there. Exactly. All right. Great. Thanks, Taylor. Brilliant. Thank you.